Welcome to Wielding Legacy. My name is Laura Payne Stanley. This podcast is for high achievers, visionaries, creatives, coaches, and consultants. Because the key, the key, the key to unlocking your future lies in legacies. You see, I know you are here creating an impact in your industry. You are here building a legacy for you and your family. And it drives you and it occupies your mind. But through my work as a trusted advisor to extraordinary entrepreneurs, I know you aren't yet reaching your greatest potential in business, your performance, and potentially in relationships. I'm known with my clients for being their loudest cheerleader. I often believe in them even before they do so themselves. And yet you can't enroll me in your legacy limiting story. I'm your biggest empowering challenger as you create your ultimate legacy. This podcast is called Wielding Legacy because the key to unlocking your future lies in legacies. Welcome to the next episode of Wielding Legacy. And I'm going to sum up this episode as being deliciously fun, sassy, however, also delving into creating a legacy when you don't see cultural representation of the legacy that you are looking to build. My guest today, she works with badass and spicy, and I will say spicy entrepreneurs, who want to leave the BS behind to build a peaceful, powerful, and profitable business. My guest today is the sassy Chelsea Abril. You can be a small girl from a small place with maybe a not-so-storied past and still be able to create something for yourself um, to impact people, to create relationships, to create businesses, um, dream homes, and cats. <laughs> And have all those things, um, even if circumstance might have otherwise uh, bumper laned you otherwise. Yeah. And so now as like an adult and going through my life, I love that I am a diverse person, uh, brown, Asian, mixed um, human running around living her life in all these different places. Um And I I love that. I love being able to see that. And I love that that's a thing that's happening more often. Because yeah, I just didn't see these things. And it didn't feel like it was something to reach for because someone hadn't done it before. In today's episode, this can be a challenging conversation. But you know me, that's never going to stop me here at Wielding Legacy. As we discuss the impact of past and future generations on legacy building when you don't see anybody who looks like you at a young age. I am delighted and thrilled and slightly scared to welcome Chelsea to the podcast today. It's always a delicious, fun, sassy. Never know if you're watching on YouTube, there might be some shaking, let's say, that might happen somewhere in this. But welcome to Wielding Legacy, Chelsea. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. I am also deliciously delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. It's always interesting where our conversations go, and I'm going to throw it straight out there. You know me very well by now. I'm tough. I'm your biggest cheerleader. I'm your biggest challenger. And I'm going to go straight in with that question. What does legacy mean to you? (sighs) What does legacy mean to me? I was thinking about this the last couple of days, knowing that I was going to be on here. And I was like, 
what does it really mean? And for me, I feel that legacy is not, it's always felt like something that happens when you die, like whatever you leave behind when you die. But I think it's also something that's like a living document, this legacy that you have that exists outside of yourself. So whatever you stand for, whatever you are remembered for, however you've reached yourself out of the, out of your body into your life, legacy feels like the living document that, um, reminds people or can tell people what you've done outside of yourself which seems kind of weird to say it that way but yeah it feels like a bubble like your legacy is this bubble that you leave when you do leave this world it does stay behind and continues to like impact people but yeah and I, my original thought was that it was something that you left behind but I think it's something that you also take with you see I love the question to start the podcast because Every guest in season two so far has gone very, very different places, but also some similarities. So if it's a living legacy, if we're talking about living legacy, like a bubble, mm-hmm. what would be in your bubble right now? What's in your legacy bubble that you're building? I love that question. I love that I phrase it also as a bubble. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel like my legacy, as far as who I am, is someone who has, survived or overcome adversity, um, who has stood up for herself, who has grown and who hasn't been afraid to continue stepping and continue moving, continue growing, um, and who hasn't been afraid to take chances despite. Um, and I think I haven't wanted to like latch really on this, but I feel like what I stand for is success despite success in spite of, um, I feel like I had a lot of reasons to not do what I've done to have gone many other different ways I feel like maybe as we all have um and what I hear most is that people are that my legacy is that it it can be done you can be a small girl from a small place with maybe a not so storied past and still be able to create something for yourself um to impact people to create relationships to create businesses um dream homes and cats (laughs) and have all those things um even if circumstance might have otherwise uh bumper lamed you otherwise who did you look to for inspiration of what you wanted then because you said that you kind of and I've heard this before with with um many clients that they see what they don't want and actually that acts as a really great kind of radiation shield let's say that they don't want that they want to go down a different path but mm-hmm. how did you find inspiration? Who did you look to for inspiration when it came to building this life that you now have? Where did you go? What did you do? Who did you look to? Um, my first, <laughs> The first thing that comes to mind is my uh, sibling. My big sibling is 10 years older than me. Uh, their name is Sean. They're wonderful. Um, and they came to live with us, I think when I was 10, maybe I was eight because they're 10 years older than I am. And people are like, did you, so for reference, I am a wedding photographer of 10 plus years in addition to being a transformational success coach. And so people always ask like, oh my God, did you grow up always wanting to be a photographer? And I was like, no, (laughs) this wasn't something that I was like, I'm going to do this. It was never the dream that I had. Um, But my sibling came home one summer and lived with us and they had a camera and they wrote poetry and I was the classic younger sibling, just obsessed with them. And so that's where I started taking photos. And that's why I started like, you know, nurturing this like lyrical poetic version of myself that loved to express and whatever. Um, so I feel like I looked to my older sibling. Um, 
yeah, they were just always so kind and poetic. And I just thought they were the coolest person ever. <laughs> I, wonder how I don't remember looking at like, I was going to say, I'm stars. just, I'm so curious. And I can, I think that's a beautiful relationship to have. And I'm sure many of my listeners would resonate with having a sibling that they did look up to. And what about outside of the family unit? Who, the, who, who was there for you? Who did you look up to that kind of fed that inspiration of that, that there's something else? So it's funny, but from a very young age, um, I was always obsessed with Angelina Jolie. <laughs> okay. I loved that um, she represented to me some, someone that was strong and sexy and talented. And, uh, you know, maybe sexy was the thing that I was attached to at eight, but um, as I grew through my formative years, I loved that she represented that she was you know, kind of mysterious and dangerous, but also she, you know, became a mother and was very loving in all those different ways. And I loved, like, I just loved Angelina Jolie as one of my favorite actresses. And then like locally, I can't really think of anyone that I like looked up to as far as like to emulate or to like desire to be more of. But I mean, I definitely had like teachers that were influential and helpful and supportive. Was there um, representation that looked like you when you were a child? Was there people who looked like you that you could identify with, with the success they had? Because you, obviously you've just said Angelina Jolie. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> That's always so funny that she's the person that I choose. But um, that was something that has affected how I've like carried myself as and thought maybe that's part of my legacy um, is that I never really saw that representation. And so I didn't really think it was for me. I love that they, I love that they did it. I love that they did it over there. And that was a really cool thing. Um, but I was going to go and get a job and I was going to work really hard and I was going to maybe go to college and maybe work for the government because you can retire and get good benefits. Like that was very much the track. I never had very many entrepreneurial pursuits I was very reserved um so I think what I loved about that over there um was that like people like Angelina Jolie they look like people who are obviously bigger than life um and in my life I didn't see people who look like me doing things like that um like I couldn't even I guess there was like Halle Berry but like I also wasn't black or I didn't identify as being black so that didn't seem like someone who looked like me um yeah. And so now as like an adult and going through my life, I love that I am a diverse person, uh, brown, Asian, mixed um, human running around living her life in all these different places. Um, and I, I love that. I love being able to see that. And I love that that's a thing that's happening more often. Because yeah, I just didn't see these things and it didn't feel like it was something to reach for because someone hadn't done it before. I was very much not a... Uh, a pace setter or a you know forward thinker when I was younger I very much was following I wanted to see if it was safe first and if someone else had done it before then maybe I might try it um, but it wasn't something really I wanted to I never wanted to wing my life as a kid which is funny because that's all I wanted to do <laughs> I love winging my life I love doing whatever I feel called and juicy to do um but what yeah. we're talking about is modeling aren't we what we're talking from a coaching perspective mm-hmm. is modeling that you didn't have someone to model who looked like you to a degree that you felt that it resonated. So it was for Mm -hmm. them. It was for others. It wasn't, you couldn't model someone that had done it from a similar background who looked like you. So therefore it was not for you. Mm -hmm. And is that coming into the legacy that you're creation now? Is that a part of it or not? Or how, how has those experiences kind of formulated the legacy that you're creating? 
I would say, yeah, for sure. Um, I feel very like one of the things I want to do, and you and I have talked about this separately, is like I came from a small island, a small town in the middle of the ocean. Like I grew up in Hawaii. Um, I think my high school had the, I don't know if it still carries this title, but at one point it had like the highest teen pregnancy rate in all of the US. And so not a shining achievement necessarily. Um, but I, and there's a joke with like people on this island in Hawaii in general, like if you don't leave, you never do. And that always felt very sad to me because I think as any any person who's left their hometown, any person who's traveled to somewhere different or lived their life, lived their life somewhere else, there's so much to be given from a life outside where you have existed. Um, and even just like the idea to dream, like the people that you meet who are not the people that you evolved with, I think there's something so powerful in that. And I love that I left and I love that I get to go home. Um, I was just there for two weeks right before this. Um, and I, I'm very tan, if you guys are watching the video, <laughs> brought my winter color back. Um, and yeah, I, I would love for people to be able to see me and see that you can come from somewhere that might feel small. You can come, even if you grew up in a big city, you can still grow up in a small space, a space that you outgrow. Um, for me, it was just a little extra isolated being in the middle of the ocean. Um, but I think I'd, I would love for people to see that and say, she did it. Why can't I? I love the why can't I um, kind of feeling in being inspired by seeing people. Um, and I think that's a lens I've also learned how to like put on when I'm looking at my life and the people around me now. Um, I'll go into this a little bit later, but yeah. I would love for people to see that. I, I want to reach back into those kind of communities of people, the people that look like me, that feel like me, that have experienced things like me, trauma in whatever degree that they feel is trauma in their lives. Um, and to see that that's not necessarily the, the hinging moment of their life that they can continue through. Um, and that I think what I've loved is that there's also never a specific arrival. So you can continue to grow. You can continue to expand where you love now might not be where you love in five minutes. And that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, I have done quite a bit of <laughs> impulsive jumping around in my life and it's worked out. Thank goodness. But I think that I've cultivated that look or that leap before you look now as an adult where it was always looking and it was never moving. Um, yeah. I just want people to know that there's, there's more outside of where you grew up there's more outside available to you from where you existed it's a whole wide world out there there's so much to offer you I feel like we're about to break into song now <laughs> so if you could reach back and talk to your younger self that girl who didn't see representation of highly successful entrepreneurs who was going through trauma what would it be that you would say to your younger self now? And I say now being a highly successful multi-six-figure entrepreneur who's living in a beautiful city with her husband and her cats and travels widely. <laughs> so what the lesson that you have now as this day, Chelsea, what would you say to your younger self? My first thing, because I've been doing like a lot of inner child stuff is, is I would say, it's okay. I love you. Keep going. Is like the thing. It's okay. I love you. Keep going. Um, 
I feel like what I looked for then was safety, even though I never really felt like I found it, but that I created my own sense of safety with, with photography and with writing poetry. I got to be that, I created my own separate world there, which was my like, you know, escape. And looking back now, I think the, like, it would be so, like, you can, you can and you will, you can and you will, you can and you will. So whether it was making it through something, achieving something, starting a new business, moving to a place, uh, you can and you will, you can and you will. Is that the same message if you went into back into high schools? Is that the same message in small towns, let's say? Would you give that message, you can and you will? Or what would you say if you had a group of young people sat right now? Mm-hmm. What would you say to them if you were giving a talk to them and you had to give like a one line piece of information and advice to them from your heart and your mind and your soul of your current self, what would it be? I actually really love that. I hadn't ever said that before, but I love you can and you will because it goes both ways. Like whatever you tell yourself you can, you will. Whatever like whatever story you continue to tell yourself, like that's what it will be. Um, and so even like the tiniest drip of possibility, you can and you will if you start to look for it, if you start to see it. Like, I wish that there had been more discussion about mindset and even like manifestation and and positive thinking um, and all the, you know, the ranges of positive thinking and being able to use that to impact your life. Um, Yeah, I wish there had been more holistic healing, forward thought taught especially in my school uh if I went to public school like it was a rough and tumble <laughs> kind of place obviously there were good parts but yeah I wish there had been more of that um more more belief more in like the idea of what's possible and that we could create it that it wasn't just because whatever came before us we didn't like the generational trauma almost of like this is just what we do. This is just how we live. This is just how it is. I, that makes me crazy. This is just how it is. I like, oh, that makes me wild. Um, but like you can, and you will, whatever you wanted to do, if like, there's always room for you to do it, there's always more space for you to do it. Um, like the market's not too saturated, like the money's not used up. There's always space. So if you can, like you can, and you will. And you're completely right about the mind. So listeners, if you think you can, you're right. And if you think you can't, you're right. Your yeah. mind will create exactly because the mind does not understand truth and lie. And this is a big one for everyone to realize right now. If you haven't realized that, if you're telling yourself, I can't get on stage because of this, you are absolutely right. If you're telling yourself, I can absolutely get on stage because of this, you are absolutely right. So be aware of that. When we talk about affirmations and affirmations and we talk about mantras, be aware that your mind, body, and soul is listening to everything that you say. And whatever you say, you are right. It doesn't know that actually you don't really mean what you're saying to yourself right now because you're kind of just giving yourself a hard time and you don't truly mean, mean it. Your mind's gone, okay, right, I'm taking that as truth. If you're saying it's always going to be this way, it's it's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. I was um, in episode with Elliot House, breath and yoga coach. We were talking about uh, societal stories that are given to us and almost whether I say given or gifted to us and it's our choice to pick them up or put them down. But what you've just said is mm-hmm. that there was a societal story for you of this is what we do. This is what happens. This is, this is the path that's preordained for you. Just kind of accept it and just, just go with it. Mm-hmm. So how did you as a young impressionable woman 
decide that actually, because at some point you did decide, and I can see mm-hmm. from your face, if you're watching on YouTube, you're me <laughs> right now that that was just a look of, did I, but you did. You decided that actually that is a societal story from my society that I was living in that I chose not to believe. I chose to put down and say, that's not a story for me. Thank you so much, but I'm going to put it back down again. How did you do that at a young age? I think of it. So there's a couple of things. Like I was lucky. (laughs) There was a part of luck in here that I was, I happened to be particularly gifted at many things. Um, And I would pick them up very quickly. And I would also, in the inverse, uh, if I didn't pick it up quickly, I would immediately abandon it. So I didn't have a lot of growth mindset, but I did have a lot of talent. And it was a funny way to like mix those two things together. Um, And I think a lot of it, I'm grateful that a lot of my success or a lot of my like leaping into a new reality uh, happened by accident. <laughs> it's like, I happened to be good at something or I could pick it up and it could be channeled. Like I could find that one piece of where I had done something well or uh, accomplished something, a big goal. And I could weave that like particular thread into the next thing. Like, okay, what could I use from here? How, what does this mean over here? Um, and at the same time, like you can and you will, I also didn't believe that I could could have a lot of the things that I had earned or worked for. And so I was in the cycle of like continuous repeat, continuously repeating like the same evidence. Like I would go and find another reason to be like good, but not good enough. And like, that was the cycle that I was living in. Um, I've completely forgotten your question. I'm off on that trail. <laughs> What's interesting is your thought process is going on here about um, how you, my question was how you decided to put down a narrative. And it almost sounds like you, you don't think that you consciously (laughs) decided to put it down, which is interesting in your answer to me, because actually many high achievers, and you know, you are one, I know you've, you've, um, even by face, I know you're like, am I really? But no, you are one. Many high achievers can struggle to accept that they created their reality. It wasn't luck. It wasn't luck that you were tenacious and found a thread in something and went on Mm -hmm. to something else. That was your created reality because you could have done one thing and gone, I'm great at this, I'll just stay this one thing. I don't need to move. (laughs) So the term luck, and I can see how you were trying it on there and were struggling with it because you kind of don't mean luck, but you do mean luck, but you're not too sure how to say it, (laughs) was that you created this. You decided that actually that tenacious young girl decided that there is a thread here of which I'm good at. Let me move it forward to something else. Let me try it something else and mm-hmm. let me try it something else. Would that be yeah. fair to say, do you think? Yes. And like, if I trace this back, like, I don't think I'll cry, but I was very much attached to my, my sad story. So like up until about 18, I was very attached to that. I was the sad girl that I was the doormat. Like I, I just knew that that was my story. That's how I existed. And therefore I could and I would like that's what happened I was consistently like over you know people pleaser I had no boundaries I thought very little of myself but I wanted to think more of myself like I had this up here that's like I could like I could have these things but I existed down here and I didn't quite know how to get there um when I was I think I was 19 my brother got in a like a freak accident and he like died a couple days later and that was like a really big wake up call for a lot of things. Like I had started dreaming before that I wanted more. I I got into network marketing and direct selling. And I was like, there's more, like I see people doing more, but it still wasn't me doing more. Like it was very much like 
the Midwestern white woman just really doing it. <laughs> and I was like, where are the brown folk? Like, where are the Asian people? And so it still felt, felt very far away. Um, but I believed in that, but I never quite made it happen. Uh, when my brother died, I took that I also as the clarity of like, look at all this other life I have to live. Um, like he was 23 and like, I'm 30, I'll be 31 in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, that is, he was a small baby child. Like that is crazy that I used to think that like 21 was an adult, hilarious. Um, and so when he died, I very much was like, this cannot be the life that I live. Like I was in a relationship with like a boy that I love, but that was absolutely not going to take me anywhere else. I was still living on Oahu, kind of the same cyclical narrative. I was like, I got to get out of here. So then I like moved on a whim to LA with two suitcases and I lived on the floor of an apartment. Anyway, that was like, I think the catalyst of like this, I've got to go. Like, I've got to just do something else. I can't be here anymore. Um, and yeah, so at first it was that I had to, I very much said like, I have to live because, you know, he is no longer. So what life of his can I take with me and go and express it and live it in the world? Because I'm alive and I get to, it was an I have to. And then I realized that I was doing so much out of obligation and I was like getting tired. Like I was freaking myself out. Um, but what I picked up on, on along, of, all, along the journey of all of that have to was what I could do. Um, and I got to travel and see more of the world. And I just knew I continued like, like a little, like a, I like to pick up seashells and like I had cool rocks. Um, so it felt very much like finding cool rocks and like cool shells and cool bits of things that I liked and putting them in this pretty little jar of like goodness of like shininess and gems and pretty things. Uh, so that like when I did come back, like I still had like, <laughs> I still had my rocks. <laughs> I still had my pretty things. Like, look what I found. Um, and so I still feel some of that, like I'm alive and therefore I can, but it's no longer a therefore I must. Um, and I love that, that I, I hate that I have it, but I love that I have this appreciation that life is very much short, that it can be very much fleeting. Um, and so why not? Uh, what I wanted to mention earlier and what's like kind of a theme right now on social media, which I am living for, um, is the idea of being delusional. So why not you? Who says like, okay, well, if you don't think you can, then that's fine. But if you want to believe you could, then like, how fucking cool is that? Like, what if we did? What if we did move to Seattle and buy a condo? Or what if we did go, you know, to the moon, whatever. There's no, there's no dream that wasn't like had. I want to change direction on you a little bit, if that's all right, Chelsea. Yeah. For anybody now who's resonating that they're from a small town and they want to set up a successful business. And when we say successful, I say successful because it's whatever it means to you. But we are talking also about a commercially viable business, one that affords you the lifestyle that you want, whatever that might be too. So I'm not into the six figure, seven figure, whatever else, because we create life on our own terms. That's what legacy creation is around. But if you are a small town person right now and you are feeling like you have no representation or no inspiration, whether they look like you or not around you, what would be your advice to them in terms of if they want to get out and they set up their own business? What would you say to them to start? How should they do it? If they're looking for, my experience was that I was looking for evidence. I was looking for some kind of path before 
And where I think I cut myself off at the legs was that I was looking for a very specific iteration of it. I wanted exactly what I was looking for to see exactly what I had wanted to do was done. And now what I see as like in my adult world with my commercially viable business in this life that I've created is that inspiration can look a lot of different ways. Um, And to take those all as evidence, everything that you see is just evidence that you can and you will like that's it. You see someone else doing what you want to do. Perfect. That means you can too. You see someone living the life you want to live. Perfect. That means that you can too. Um, and that your journey can look however it wants. Like it doesn't have to look the same. I think that's important too, is one success is absolutely, um, variable. Like it, it, the numbers don't mean anything unless they mean something to you. Um, so figuring out one, what kind of life you want to create, why you want to create it, and then just start taking little steps to do so. My favorite thing is that you can change your mind. So what you decide today doesn't have to be what you continue tomorrow. You can change your mind, um, in alignment with your highest self and your highest goals and dreams. And that's so cool. So just start. And I have found that the best clarity has come from figuring out and experiencing what I don't want. Um, and I love that so much. I have found, I've had so much more growth in my life by doing something and like doing it and getting not the results I was hoping for. I'm like, okay, great. Those 10 things, we'll put those here. Thank you so much. We're going to try something a little bit different. Um, I didn't know that was called growth mindset. Um, and that is something that every day I continue to like water and cultivate and say thank you to. Um, because that has changed the game for me. Like, I'd love to fail forward in little bits. Um, I want to break down what you I said, because I know, I know you and you have a lot to say about these things. And I know my, my <laughs> listeners also are going, okay, hang on, hang on. Let me break this down. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so I, I'm doing a Chelsea translation right now. Okay. So first thing is if you are somewhere that you don't want to be small town, big town, but you're feeling small, whatever it might be is look for evidence that you can do it. So look for, and I would say, look for multiple people. Don't find one person and put them on a pedestal because the thing with the pedestal is they exist there because you put them there. And it's easy to fall off a pedestal because again, you're giving someone a different level of power. Don't do that. Look for people you can model. Absolutely. But look for many different people that you can model and, and try them on. And this is what we call in coaching modeling. Try them on, go, actually, I like that bit of what they've done, but I don't like that bit. Mm -hmm. How many days a week do you want to work? That person seems to work. I don't want to do that, but I want to do this. Or I want to do this. And you've got to know yourself. So first of all, look for evidence. And I would add tag to that one. Look for modeling. Look for people who you can model. Mm -hmm. And once you find them, by the way, research them. If they're on a podcast, Mm -hmm. listen to them. If they've got social media, I mean, flat posts are fine, but I always want to hear someone. I want to see them. I want to see them talk. If they've done a TED talk, if they've done any kind of speaking, go Mm -hmm. and watch it. Really have an idea who you think this person is. Okay. The next thing I'm hearing is then just start. So step two from Chelsea Rulebook is just start. Don't worry about having it perfect. Just start and you will make mistakes. We all do. You know, how many moons I've been in business. You all do. You try things. They don't work. You go, okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Third, that sits with number two is have a growth mindset. So understand in a fixed mindset, you will do something that you are good at and you will keep doing it. In a growth mindset, uh, you will just try new things. The way that I look, I tell people about this is imagine now that you're at school and this is the, this is the analogy in the book around, um, around growth mindset. Um, it's just called mindset. The book is children. If they're in a growth mindset, when they're offered a board game, at school, we'll pick a board game they've never played because it's about actually 
let me try it. I don't know what happens. I might yeah. be great at this. In a fixed mindset, you will pick the board game that you know that you are good at and stand a chance of winning. So understand right now, are you in fixed or are you in growth? Okay. And I want to add one to what you said as well, because again, I know you, so I know you're not necessarily using this um, language mm-hmm. um, the way that I'm going to use it, but I'm going to say be courageous because you are courageous. Mm-hmm. That was going to be my follow-up was be graceful. Oh, lovely. Yeah. I love that. Be courageous. Be graceful with yourself. Yeah. Because yeah. in, in courage and grace go hand in hand, but mm-hmm. to start to do your point to, you've got to have courage because you don't know wherever it's going to go when you start, do you? And that's okay. Yeah. Some things will take off. And, you know, you look at some of the best business examples in the world on paper, they should never have worked. You know, they they should never have worked, but they did for whatever reason. And some of the ones on paper should absolutely have worked, didn't. So don't get so much stuck into just planning because we can get very, we can do the busy doing planning without rather busy doing the doing. So Mm -hmm. have a plan, work out your commercial viability. Um, I'm very much a coach for myself when I'm working with business owners, especially if they're founders of business. Is this business model you've created, is it serving you? Or have you created a prism that actually served you <laughs> served you at one point in your life, but doesn't serve you anymore? And that's that letting go thing again. You can, you can put down a model, you can change, you can adapt if it doesn't serve you going forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. As we start wrapping up this, I mean, wow, it's gone quick. But as we start wrapping up this, what would you say your three non-negotiables about legacy? about legacy creation, let's say. I love this. And this, the, really the first time I did this exercise and it made sense was when I did it with you several months ago. Um, cause I was like, Oh, what do you want? Everyone's like time, money, freedom. I'm like, cool. Yeah. And it sounds like very basic things. And so I think that's also like why things can feel so stuck. It's because, you know, what do we, we all want like food safety and like sex or something. Yeah. We've got Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. We can, we can all get our models. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so digging deeper into what those actually meant. So the same thing, like successful means very different. Confident means very different, like, and deciding what those mean for you. So for me, this year I set up a, my like vision was I wanted to be um, passionate. I wanted to experience uh, passion and pleasure and creative, like unhinged magic. Like that was the idea of what I wanted this year. And that came from the desire for flexibility and to feel spicy and fierce in my body, like to, to feel embodied. And so for me, embodied feels fierce, feels sexy, feels powerful. Um, and yeah, flexibility, embodied, spiciness. <laughs> and um, what was my last one? Like, yeah, like unhinged creative expression. So kind of like adjacent to like being delusional that like, dream it up, girl, go get it what do you want how do you want to experience your life let's figure it out I knew it would be delicious and (laughs) you've ended on a really important point now any private client of mine knows that we do this work anyway but one of the the important point if you've never been a client of mine I'm going to say yet because you might know hi there by the way you might be a client of mine in the future is (laughs) the language that we use when we create legacy terms doesn't have to mean anything to anybody else apart from you so you just use the term spicy you know, we worked on that together. You worked on the time spicy and unhinged and they mean something to you. This is not a marketing strap line or a marketing term that we need to have yeah. out there that no one else needs to resonate with it at all when you're creating your legacy. It is your legacy. So the language you create around legacy needs to resonate with you 
and no one else. Unless you've got a brand and actually then we might be having a brand guy. That's a different story. (laughs) But right now for this, I would say, make sure your language resonates with you. And if listener, you are doing your work yourself on this legacy creation and you can read back any notes you might have written on legacy creation of the legacy you're creating, what does it mean to you? If your language leaves you cold or, hell yeah, that's quite nice. I'm going to invite you to go back through your language because it's not a tonality that your mind, body, and soul is resonating with right now. So thank you, Chelsea. That was a brilliant lesson to end on there. Love it. Thank you for helping me learn that. That's one of my favorite things. I always wondered why my goals or my mission statements felt just kind of boring. Like they sounded nice. And I was like, right it felt like a yes when I wrote them and so now just being in these I mean like yes that's kind of the difference in the way that they feel when I say them because I know what they mean and I can pull that vision out and I know how they feel in my body I get like a little tingle I know it's no it's right when I feel a little bit of tingly so when yeah, you check in with your bodies so I love yeah. that I love that last piece for advice from you if you're reading your legacy <laughs> statements have you got the tingle whatever that might be for you, <laughs> with you so thank you so much for being on, Chelsea. It's been an absolute spicy delight, let's say, oh, having you on Wilderness. Spicy delight. Bless. Thank you so much for having me. What a blessing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It has been said that with a big enough lever, you can move the world. I've spent my life figuring out how to use that lever to move my own world. And in doing so, I help extraordinary entrepreneurs do exactly the same for themselves. So I want to offer you a perspective on what gives you the greatest leverage in your life to create wealth, health, and happiness. It's called legacy. And the lever to your legacy is within your reach. If you'd love to know more about this, go to laurapainstanley.com forward slash legacy.